Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who'll make working in the margins just a little more fun. So today on the podcast, I'm so excited to be welcoming Maya Zhang of the Business Mom Collective. Maya is a pro at business organization. She has a course, essentially, called the Mompreneur System with Trello. I am not skilled at organization, so I'm really excited to chat with her about some of her tips and tricks and best practices for that. And we'll also get into how Maya has scaled up her business using ads. So welcome to the show, Maya. Hi, Beth Ann. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Hey, me too. I'm so excited to chat. So I would love to hear from you, Maya, how you got started with your online business. So I started just strictly blogging. You know, back in the day, it was really just creating supplemental income to my my nine to five. Yeah. So I just really started blogging and then it kind of just grew from there. Great. So in the early days, were you blogging about like mom lifestyle stuff in general? Like, did you know what you wanted to focus on? Yes. Yes, I was. I was trying all different topics. So it was just mom stuff and pregnancy stuff and budgeting stuff. I think my first real income from uh, online, making money online was like $5 I earned from this affiliate program. And it was amazing. I, I, I celebrate all the time because I'm like, oh my God, $5, you know, I've come a long way, but yeah, I was blogging about all sorts of topics. And then as I started blogging more, I narrowed in more on like, wow, I really love talking about entrepreneur stuff, digital marketing. So That's what my blog focuses now on, what my business focuses on now. Yeah, love it. And then is your mompreneur system with Trello, is that like the first digital product you created or did you have others before? Nope. I had had a tripwire before. I still have it to this day. It's like an ebook bundle for my subscribers who are interested in just kind of getting their feet wet with working online. So it's kind of it's like three digital eBooks and it talks about making the switch from being an employee to an entrepreneur. And then the other one kind of dives into, you know, finding a niche that's profitable. And then there's also like a list of like a ton of ideas I give out on what, you know, you could do, you know, online and how to work from home. So that was actually my first digital product. Okay, great. And so how long did you have that one up and running before you created your system with Trello? It was running probably, I want to say for a few months. And then as far as your mompreneur system with Trello goes, I would just love to hear more about how Trello like keeps you sane and saves you time and basically convince me because I've tried Trello before and I think it's really neat, but I'm so bad at organization. <laughs> I think I, I need someone to walk me through like 
you know, if, if, if I could see how much time it's going to save me, then I think I would be, you know, I'd be in. Yeah. So how it came to be was I know in those early days when I started, I had no idea how much I had to keep track of. And I know that a lot of times business moms who are just starting out in the online space, they have trouble keeping track of where everything is, you know, like, oh, I have stuff in Google drive. I have stuff on my desktop. There's, you know, all sorts of digital files everywhere. So I really wanted to create like a central place to house all their business efforts. And that's where Trello comes in because I feel like it's the, it's the perfect project management system for someone just starting out. It's like the perfect gateway drug almost to organization. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's easy to use, you know, it's not like, you know, click up or something like that where the learning curve is so steep. I feel like Trello is just like easier to grasp. So I thought it'd be such a great way for mompreneurs to get organized with everything they have to do day in and day out. And you have one central place to house everything you need to do. Yeah. I love that. I, I could see it coming in handy for all the different contractors that I work with as of right now, it's basically like, Oh, this Google drive folder is where this stuff, it's just like what you said, but yeah, there would be, it would be so much easier to organize it and standardize it in something like Trello. So mm-hmm. it's like any designer who comes on board, she's got all the things she needs right mm-hmm. here. Or like, sometimes I work with different podcast editors. And so instead of, because you're exactly right. If I like, for example, my podcast editor is on vacation now. And so I, I'm working with a different one. So now I have to go dig up like, oh, wait, where's my intro music and my outro music? Yes. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great place for all your SOPs, your standard operating procedures. And my mompreneurs love, I think their favorite board is what we call the business dashboard. And it just has all your, you know, most important links, like your brand board or your social media links. Like I reference mine all the time. I'm thinking, okay, I need to just find that hex code for that pink color that I need. I have it right in there. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That does yeah. sound amazing. Yeah. Okay. So your customers, like their biggest takeaway for your system is, yeah, it's essentially just all your little business details all in one place. Yeah. It's sometimes it's hard to really show up for your business. And so I think if you just have a central place you can go to, to knock out some tasks like during nap time or those like 30 minutes that you have, then you can make the most of it because you know what you have to do as opposed to, okay, I'm sitting down. I got to find what I'm looking for, you know? So yeah, Yeah, that's true. Save so much time hunting. I should start keeping track of how much time I spend hunting stuff. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think that would convince me. So what's one thing about Trello you kind of wish people knew or you wish they would take advantage of? I think sometimes people don't realize that even though I use it for my business, I also use it for my personal stuff too. So I think that's something that maybe a lot of mompreneurs don't realize that you can use it for personal stuff. Like I have my recipes on there and I have like stuff for Christmas, like keeping track of gifts and everything and organizing parties. I mean, not so much now, but you know, before. So it's just, it's so dynamic and you can just do so much with it, you know, because it's really just about the workflow, taking something from to be done to done. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. And when you brought up recipes, I was just thinking, I have almost like certain recipes that I Google and I know which blogs recipe that I like. So Mm -hmm. I'll do that. But then the other thing is like, we pin stuff on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. However, 
I don't want to go to Pinterest and then get sucked down the Pinterest rabbit hole. And like an hour later, I still haven't started dinner yet. So that's a much better solution to have it all in Trello. So now Trello has an app, right? So you can use it on your phone. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yep. I have it on my desktop and then on my tablet and my phone. So actually when I'm at the grocery store and I think, oh my gosh, you know, I want to make banana bread. And then I can just pull it right up on my phone and go through the ingredients and see exactly what I need. So yeah. it's awesome. I love that. I am not taking advantage. Of that. <laughs> I'm feeling convicted here. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. You're like, come on, Maddie. Yes. <laughs> well, and you, okay, let me ask you this. This might, this put you on the spot a little bit, but I, I'm so curious. As you went through the ads intensive program, are there certain things where you thought to yourself, man, if Bethann was organized on Trello, this would be going better. Like, do you have any thoughts? No, because I think the course is so amazing. You did such a great job. So, I mean, I I just, I love the course. So very kind. (laughs) You know, it does make me think though, because I don't know, sometimes with our course platforms and like the Facebook group and units over there and everything else on Teachable, it does make me wonder though. I'm like, what about a secret, you know, Trello board or something to keep Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen course creators create kind of like their syllabus right in Trello. So it's really great because you have the course, but then you also have the tasks and everything in Trello. So you can mark them off. You can see the, you know, course flow and everything. So that's something too. That's a great idea because, so one thing that I do at the end of every round of the ads intensive is I I do an exit survey for students. Typically, you know, about a third of them take the time to like fill it out because I know it's kind of tedious. But one of the things I ask is like, what can we improve? What didn't you like? All that. I get amazing ideas in there. And so every round I'm like, oh yeah, I should add this resource or we should try this. But all of those suggestions and items should really be turned into a task list, you know, with due dates on it, with more organization. So I can easily dole out, you know, what is Melissa on my team? What, what could she help with? What could, you know, another VA help with? So, yeah. And you can also, I think people don't realize that it doesn't have to be so manual, you know, with Zapier, you can set up a zap. So if people are submitting stuff on a Google form, you can set up a zap so that a card is created with task already. So yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. I could set up a zap as well for like their feedback because mm-hmm. it's the same thing with when they're sharing the things they liked about the course or what mm-hmm. results they got. I'm literally going through and like copy pasting that stuff and mm-hmm. then sending it to my designer yeah. to turn into a cute, pretty testimonial. Yeah, I'm actually creating a new... I have a new program that I'm creating on, but I'm using Trello to help me organize an aspect of that. And so when a prospect submits my form, a card gets created in Trello. And then I also get a notification on my phone that there's like a new entry. So then it kind of prompts me to do it. But then when I go to Trello, the card is already in there. So, you know, you don't have to go back and forth and enter in information. So yeah, those automations are amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. You're just opening up my mind. Because, like, so, okay. I have to tell you something. I am like grandfathered in on Zapier and everyone else tells me they're jealous of like the pricing that I get apparently is like amazing. Yeah. I need to take more advantage. Yeah, exactly. Zapier. Yeah. 
I shouldn't have to copy and paste anything. Mm-hmm. It could all be zaps. Yeah, Zapier is just amazing, right? There's so many zaps that you can do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Maya. I think maybe that should be another little product you create. <laughs> Zapier for mompreneurs. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, because even for me, there's certain, like, I know how to use Zapier for, like, for example, I mean, I zap people into my course on Teachable. Like mm-hmm. They purchase on another checkout. That one's pretty basic. Yeah. But the other thing I do is I zap them into Facebook custom audiences. Like if they're a new customer or a new email subscriber, they get zapped in over there. Mm-hmm. But like, again, there's so many other things you can mm-hmm. do that my brain is just not even thinking about. Oh, know? oh yeah. I got to go through that those zaps too and think, okay, what can I use, you know, to like help me with my everyday stuff too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What would you say to a mompreneur like me who's like quite disorganized? Like I'm, I function okay. Like my business does well, but it's, I'm very disorganized. What, what would you say to someone like that? Who's listening, who just like, doesn't know where to get started when it comes to like streamlining her processes and getting things organized? The first thing I would recommend would be doing a brain dump of like everything that you do. I feel that helps me when I'm just so overwhelmed with how to, how to get started. Just bring up everything that you need to do and then kind of take a look at it and find some commonality, you know, among everything that you're doing. And then that's when I break out like the Trello boards and I think, okay, I seem to be doing this like a lot. So then I would create a, a board, you know, in, in in the Trello boards, you can create checklists. So for example, like, you know, for blog posts, I do have a board for maintaining your editorial calendar. So in that board, in the checklist, I have, you know, doing your SEO research and, you know, researching headlines and, you know, writing your H2 headings and all sorts of stuff like that. But yeah, the number one thing would just be to write it all out. So then you can, once you write it all out, you can start categorizing everything. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. I just realized too. So I have, I have one VA who helps, she writes the podcast show notes and then she'll come up with like captions for social media to talk about the podcast. And she'll come up with the graphics that also go with the podcast, but there's a lot of what she's doing that is standardized where initially it was like, okay, I recorded like a loom video for her. Mm-hmm. And I do think I created a checklist, but again, having all that over in Trello means that if she's ever out sick or on vacation or for whatever reason, someone else needs to do that. It's yeah, it would all be standardized. It's as easy as instead of gathering up, Oh, where's this Google doc and where's this video. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all in the, the Trello board. Yeah. I mean, Trello is great for team management for mompreneurs just starting. It's great as a solopreneur too. And then when you're ready to bring on someone else, it's so effortless, you know, you can tag them in comments and, you know, give them access to boards that they need access to. So, yeah. Such a good point. Yeah. I have to say too, because my a while ago, I had more regular team members, like who I had three women who kind of spent more hours with me each week. Like each of them, I think had maybe 20 hours a week they're spending with me. And at that point we tried Asana, we tried Basecamp. And I just remember feeling like they were too big and clunky. They didn't feel intuitive to me. Yeah. Sometimes they're just so overwhelming because you can do so much that you kind of get in there and you just are paralyzed because you don't know where to start. And that's why 
even though I I use I've used Asana. Uh, I don't use that anymore, but I use ClickUp now. Just okay. just for where my business is right now, ClickUp is a better fit for me. But I still use Trello too. So yeah, I do have boards I reference all the time. One of my favorite boards is definitely keeping track of all my online courses that I, I invest in. But yeah, you're right with like Basecamp and everything else. It kind of get clunky if you don't use it, you know. So the best organizational system is the one you use. So yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point too, of like, you don't have to feel bad if you're like, oh, I'm using Trello, but I see this person I follow is using whatever it's using ClickUp. Yeah. Like that doesn't matter. Like you said, it's whatever you want, want to use, whatever you're actually going to use is yeah. A good fit. It's way better than not using anything, which is my current method. <laughs> <laughs> my God, real, truly. It's like my current method is just like a whole bunch of Google Drive shared folders and that's okay for so long mine was just like notebook and paper and pencil yeah. you know <laughs> yeah oh man okay so Maya I know that you initially applied for my ads intensive program I believe it was for the January 2020 round is that right I think so yes okay. and I think at that point your mompreneur system with Trello that product was fairly new yeah yeah Yes. Is that true? Okay. I was trying to remember. And I remember looking at your application and thinking, okay, this person has a great website. This product looks great. Like this is a product that I knew mompreneurs needed. I mean, it's something that I need as far as that extra organizational help. But I think the sales were not there yet because it was such a new product. And to me, I felt like the sales page needed a ton more building out. And so as an instructor, I remember looking at your applications thinking like, oh, there is so much potential here, but I'm you know, just a little bit nervous that if I say yes to Maya now, she'll have too much work on that sales page. And because we haven't seen who's buying this product just yet, I was nervous. It would be a little too much and, and that you wouldn't be potentially as successful as I felt like you could be if, if if we were talking about a few months from there and you'd built out your sales page more. So I remember sending you, you know, the note that basically says, which, and you know, here's something I've learned Maya, which is I think I've changed the way I word my nose on the application. Like, I think I used to tell people, okay, you're not ready for the intensive. Now I, I make a point in the subject line to say not ready yet. So that, you know, so that the applicants understand, I'm not saying no forever. Occasionally, yeah, there's businesses where I'm like, this just isn't a good fit. I just know from my ads experience that this product isn't going to work. So those people do get like a, no, this isn't the right fit. But I have changed that wording because I think people don't understand when I'm telling them no, that it's, it isn't a, no, you know, it's not, it's not usually a no forever. But I think you were, you were pretty discouraged by that. Is that a fair? Yes, yes, I was. I was like, I was like heartbroken. I was pretty discouraged. I was not happy. And I let you know that I wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah. um, I have to say, though, I appreciated your email because, um, yeah, it, it made me think more carefully about how I hand out a no to, to applicants. And 
and even just explaining more in my marketing, because I think one of the things you're frustrated with is you're like, dude, you've been advertising, which you didn't say, dude, but you're like, you've been advertising this thing everywhere. I'm seeing ads for the ads intensive constantly in my feed. So if you are going to tell all these people, no, you know, why are you advertising like a crazy person? And I felt like, you know, that is a fair and again, <laughs> person I'm sorry it was a crazy time yeah (laughs) and so I was like that's a good point as well of uh, it's it's made me think through like okay I do still have to advertise a lot because typically what I see from my numbers is that I only say yes to about a third of the applicants that I get and the other portion it's either people where they just don't even have the right business model I mean I just, I have no business helping a local business owner or service-based or some of these other ones because that's not my expertise. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. my specialty. So there's that. And then there's just the group where I'm like, there's potential, but they're not ready yet. Here's what they need to like work on to be ready. So I've tried to do a better job of letting people know that of like, here's how this works. Because sometimes I think, well, I know for a fact that people are super skeptical of the whole application thing. And they're like, does she really not accept everyone? Come on. This is just like a ploy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let me show you the spreadsheet. I'm only about a third are getting a yes. And then everybody else is not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought you had really valid feedback and thoughts on why that was frustrating and upsetting. And so I wanted you to know too, that at that time, I'm tr- did I write you back? I think you did. Yeah. And you said, you know, you loved what I had, but you felt I wasn't ready, you know? And at the time when you're just hearing, no, you can't hear anything else. And so when I reapplied again and after going through it, and even though it's only been a few months, I feel like I've learned so much already that I completely applaud you for your screening criteria. And it's amazing that you know, you know, just by looking at, you know, what someone does, their business, if they're going to be a success or not. And I mean, you know, kudos to you. And I applaud you for sticking to your guns because you're right. I was not ready. So I actually thank you that you didn't accept me then because I wasn't ready. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's good to know because, and everyone listening, you should know that Maya ended up being like a star student. (laughs) And that's what I have found to be really fun is uh, there have been plenty of other women in the same shoes as you who got a, Hey, you're not ready yet, but I see the potential. And many of those women have gone on to be star students. And so that's really fun to see. I'm curious of like, what do you feel like made the difference between the January round and then applying in like May, June, what were kind of the improvements and growth that happened? It was definitely getting my, you know, offer out there, launching it to my audience, and then kind of like having that mindset that, you know, she's right. I don't have a product that would do well with Facebook ads. And so I need to reconfigure this and see what I'm doing. And so, yeah, I'm so glad that you said no, because I think your no pushed me to reevaluate why you said no and where I could apply my efforts so that I could get a yes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember looking at your new application in the spring and thinking like, wow, she has improved this sales page like so much. So I don't know if you can remember all those details, but I'd love for you to kind of tell people like, 
Yeah. What, what you changed on that? Yeah. So I had testimonials on there. I improved the sales page where I spoke more to my audience, more on their pain points. I highlighted the value that they're getting more. Yeah. It was just more like taking it from, yeah, maybe this seems like something I'd be interested in to, oh my gosh, I need to have this in my life. You know, like take my money now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You fleshed out so many more details on that new page. And yes, you're right. The, The customer testimonials are huge. I really try to emphasize that for students man, it's like the one thing you don't want to leave out of a sales page. And I understand for a lot of newer business owners, you're like, well, like, you know, I don't have any yet, but I still feel like even just getting beta testers in the door, Mm -hmm. some sort of customer that is willing to give that great feedback because yeah, we can basically, we can talk till we're blue in the face, but our opinion of our own products is like, it doesn't hold as much weight for that person on the sales page as everybody else. Yeah. Raving about it. Yeah. People love those testimonials. I mean, when we go to Amazon, we scroll all the way down to look at the testimonials. Yeah. That's so true. Well, we were just looking at virtual reality goggles on Amazon (laughs) and I started looking and some of them, I'm like, oh, this looks great. And it's really affordable. Like we didn't need anything super fancy, but then I scrolled down through the reviews and it's like, uh-oh, a lot of mm-hmm. people are saying their phone is like overheating inside the thing. Yeah. That's, I'm like, that's not going to be good. So yeah, mm-hmm. it absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> makes such a difference. Okay. So, well, number one, I love that you, even though initially you were disappointed, you were upset about the getting the not ready in January. I love that you didn't just like give up. You're like, okay, what can I do? How can I improve this? How do I get more sales on this product to make sure it's really working well? Mm -hmm. And you reapplied. And when you reapplied, you also reached out to me and sent an email and said, Hey, I want you to know I applied in January. You told me I wasn't ready yet. I was pretty well, actually, why, why don't you tell, why don't you tell everyone what you said in your email? Cause I don't want to miss. Yeah. And so when you said no to me and then I got to work and then I thought, okay, should I apply again? But you were launching your next round and I was seeing your name everywhere too. And I was seeing your ads and a few of the Facebook groups I was in, people were raving about your course. So I was, I took it as a sign, like, okay, I feel like I'm ready. I'm seeing Beth Ann's name everywhere. Like, okay, I need to submit my application. But I thought, okay, I may have left a bad taste in your mouth from last time. So I should reach out. So I reached out and I said, you know, I, I applied last time. You said I wasn't ready. And I'm sorry that I was upset about it, but you were right. I wasn't ready, but you know, I hope you won't hold that against me as I apply now. And so you were just so gracious and so amazing. And so, yeah. I, I was so impressed by that because you were honest, you were upfront, you owned how you felt in January and were like, but listen, Hey, I think I'm ready now. And I agreed. And it, Honestly, like that email and even Melissa on my team, who also kind of helps review applications and things as well. We both were just like, oh, she gets so many brownie points. That's how we felt. We were like, that is to me, that's like shows amazing character. A lot of people I think would either take the not ready and go, 
I'm so frustrated with this person. I'm just whatever. When I am ready for Facebook ads, I'm going to go learn from someone else. Like I think a a lot of people would probably make that decision. And then I think another group of people might just reapply and be like, well, I hope, you know, amidst all the applications, I'm just another name. (laughs) She won't remember. (laughs) Which, sorry, everyone. I do have a pretty good memory. (laughs) I think I would have remembered. Yeah. And listen, even if you hadn't reached out to me, I still would have just reconsidered your application. And it, yeah, if you were ready, you absolutely were. And so I, I still would have given you the yes. But the fact that you did take the time to just be so honest, be so upfront, tell me where you were at, own how you felt before, own how you were feeling in that moment. I was just like, I really like her. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad. So, so I don't know. I just want to encourage everyone out there, you know, and it, it's so easy online to like not be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, or like to, to not be completely ourselves or to mm-hmm. rush over things, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But I think when you can just show up as a real person. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know, I agree. Yeah, then it's it goes so much better. So yeah, I, I walked it. To me, that made your yes like a million times easier. It was just yeah. like, oh, she's totally uh-huh. in. Like, this is, she's amazing. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing to get your yes email and um having you reply back to me that it was okay and everything. I was just like, oh, I'm so glad, you know, because it's been kind of eating at me too. And so, yeah, that was good. (laughs) See, I feel bad too, because yeah, I like as far, I just want you to know, like once we had our exchange in January, it was like, okay, I'm, you know, kind of moved on teaching the new round. So like, yeah, I, I'm definitely not a fan of a grudge. You know what I mean? And and Mm -hmm. that means obviously you weren't either because again, you could have held a grudge and been like, I'm going to go learn that from someone else because that was a really, you know, a frustrating thing. Okay. So anyways, you, <laughs> you were so great and honest and upfront. And I love the, the, the exchanges that we had. And then you started with the June 2020 round to the ads intensive. And I got to say, I mean, you just, it was, it was just so fun watching you make sales with ads. Like you were posting these amazing like stats in the group all the time. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just really fun. So I would love to kind of hear your take on, you know, how things went, what those results look like for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I had launched my offer to my audience, to my warm audience who knew who I was. So, so that I knew they liked it, but then, you know, with the cold audience, which, you know, is something great that you teach where you can target cold audiences who don't know, like, or trust you yet. And um, it was just amazing with that first campaign to be getting sales from people who have no idea who I am, who purchased my first offer and my second offer. And then my third offer, it's like, what, what is happening here? Like, it was so magical. (laughs) Yeah. It is exciting when you realize like, oh, wow, I can take someone who's never heard of me before in the same day, earn them as a customer. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So your first offer was your mompreneur system with Trello and then walk us through the rest of your offers. So my first offer, yep, is the the Trello boards to help you organize your business. And then my bump offer is just a small little course on how they can repurpose their content. So it's again about working smarter, not harder. And so then my third offer is kind of like, 
It's called the Business Growth Blueprint. So kind of it takes them through evaluating all aspects of their business and where they can improve, you know, to grow their business. So yeah, it's kind of like, okay, I've helped you solve this. Now we're going to go to your content. How are you doing there? Do you need help with that? Okay, now that we've got your content nailed and you know how to repurpose it, let's go to, you know, the next part where are you kind of struggling in your business? You wish you were doing this rather than that, or like what's going on with it. And so let's evaluate that. So it kind of takes them through the whole journey of, you know, giving them that big win of, I just want to have a successful business. Where do I start? So Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, and for people who might not know about like an order bump or an upsell, the order bump is like, typically it's a little toggle button right on checkout where it's like, it just typically has a little blurb of like, here's what this thing is about. Now, what was your price for the Trello system and then the order bump? So I first had it at $27 for the main offer. 37 for the bump. I went with the, you know, a higher price for the bump and then 77 for the OTO, the one-time offer. And so, yeah, that worked really well for a while. And so now I've actually switched it around. So I've actually gone 37 for the main and I thought I'm going to try a lower price point for the bump. So we're still evaluating that data. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And then the one-time offer. So and I'll be honest, so I still don't have like a one-time offer and upsell after my products, mostly because I'm nervous about the pixel data, but you haven't had a problem. Or- yeah. And so normally what you said about the bump is correct. That on the checkout page is where you have that little, you know, that little blurb saying, you know, click here to add this to your order because of the program, the, the platform that I'm using, that makes it a little difficult. So for me, my bump is actually its own separate page. So in that way, it's been great because I've been able to pixel it like perfectly then. So each page has its own like personal pixel. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And what checkout system do you use? I use Kartra. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I use Kartra and I couldn't do the bump with PayPal. So I could do it with Stripe, but over half of my sales are from PayPal and I didn't want to, you know, like leave money on the table that way. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to work around it this way. And so that it's been working well. So, okay. Yeah. So sorry, another kind of a tech question, but they purchase and then the thank you page has the bump offer. Yep. Yes. And so is, does that purchase event, the first purchase event, is that loading on that Page yes. as that yes. page page Okay. Yes. So the main pixel is on the first page. Well, it's throughout the whole funnel, but the conversion is on the, so if they purchase the main one, the conversion is on the bump. And then if they purchase the bump, the conversion is on the one-time upsell. Yeah. And then if they purchase the one-time upsell, the conversion is on the thank you page. Got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That makes total sense. Now, here's another question. If, if they decide not to take the bump, where would they go? Would they just exit out the page or? Oh, very good question. So when they are on the bump, I have, you know, the where they click here to add this to your order or no thanks, I don't want this offer. And that takes them to identical looking pages, but they're actually separate pages. Okay. So yeah, so even though it's three pages, it's actually, four, it's five pages total. Okay. Because, okay. yeah, it'll take them to an OTO, meaning they didn't buy the bump. Mm-hmm. Or if they did, it'll take them to an OTO where it says they did buy the bump. Got it. So, and so then yeah. that way you can control and make sure that purchase event doesn't mm-hmm. fire. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's how I've been able to get such accurate data because I know a lot of people who run ads, they're like, oh, well, this is what it says in my ads manager, but it's not really accurate. But yeah, mine is really accurate because of how I've set up duplicate pages with like the purchase event codes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. And then something else I think people don't realize is having those extra purchase opportunities. Mm-hmm. So each of those is counting as a separate purchase mm-hmm. to Facebook. And that's honestly a good thing because Facebook is, I mean, when we set up our conversion campaigns and we optimize for the purchase, the more purchase events Facebook gets, the the better it can optimize. And so the fact that you have three purchase opportunities for each customer right off the bat is, yeah, that's fabulous. So with Kartra, when they go to that first page with the bump and they can hit add this to my order, do do they have to enter in their payment information Um, again? Nope. Nope. That's the great thing. They just click yes. And then I did opt to have this pop-up screen again saying, okay, just press, you know, submit. So all their payment information is carried over. So, you know, they don't have to dig out their card again or anything like that. So, okay. Yeah. That is really great. And is that also true for that one-time offer? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. That's pretty good. Oh man. I don't know if Thrivecart works quite that well. So. That's, I, I would have to look into it. Melissa helps me. It's all my oh. <laughs> I gotta have her look into it. But yeah, that's, that's such a great system. I hope for everyone listening, I think they can, you know, follow through that and figure out how to, mm-hmm. yeah, set up, set up their offers in that great way. Okay. So I know you're still testing the new price points that you talked about. I would love to hear the percentage breakdown. If you have it of like, of the people who, well, okay. A few things. Number one, every of the people who see your sales page from ads, what percentage purchased the first offer and then what percentage of those purchased the bum and what percentage of those purchased the third one? Oh, okay. Well, I don't have exact offers, but I can give you benchmark first. So I measure my funnel against what benchmarks are for conversions on a front end offer, a bump offer and OTO offer. And my front end offer is like outperforming benchmarks. Like I think in my industry, it's like 2.9% conversion on cold traffic for a front end offer. And the last time I checked, it was like eight or 9%. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's amazing. My bump offer is performing. It's not like at the top, it's at the medium. So I've been working to refine it. And then my OTO is like performing at benchmark, which is like kind of unheard of even because once you get that person to the third offer, they're kind of like, do I want to spend $77? I just paid, you know, 37 for this. I just paid 27 for that. So to just meet benchmarks is like, yeah. 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 Do you know what that benchmark is for the OTO? Um, I don't know offhand. I just know it by the colors. Oh, <laughs> I, put, I put it into my Excel spreadsheet and if it's green, it's we're good to go. If it's red, it's like, okay, you got some work to do. Yeah. So that first offer is green. The second is that yellow. And then the third one is that green. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I need to I need to look into those benchmarks a little more for like order bumps and of course I haven't done the OTOs yet, but I know in my program I often have different benchmarks for some of those other things like like that upfront sales page, mm-hmm. I typically want my students to get a 5% or better 
conversion rate on ice cold traffic, which yeah, you obviously you have met, which that's something I find so interesting is like some of the benchmarks that are out there. It's almost like if you don't know, you don't realize like, oh, like it's it's possible to do like a lot, a lot better. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't even on an OTO, I don't know what that benchmark would be. And I've never even tried an OTO. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know too, like a lot of people have a different, like their benchmark for initiate checkouts to purchases is, is different than like Mm -hmm. what I want to see. But yeah, it's something that you, over time, you get a sense for like, how how is this going for me and my business? How can I improve it? And You know, there are some niches where they're under that 5% purchase rate on their first offer, but they have a niche that's just more tricky. Like that Mm -hmm. just people are less likely to buy. And a lot of times in those cases, they can make up that difference with the fact that the traffic they're getting is cheaper and then Mm -hmm. people tend to click through a little bit Mm -hmm. more often. But yeah, for us in the B2B space, it's like you really want to well, and again, I know other gurus are going to, they, 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 they're comfortable with the 3%, but yeah, for us, it's like 5% or better. Yeah. You know? So, but you're like, you're way over that, which is amazing. Okay. So Maya, I would love to hear just kind of how your, how your ads went during the intensive. Cause I feel like you were always just sharing like these amazing sales numbers and things. Yeah, they went really well. I followed everything that you said, you know, you taught in the course, especially with the, you know, not touching it for three days. Once you, you know, have it launched, which I know myself and a lot of students are like, oh my gosh, we're just looking at these numbers. We want to do something. But yeah, I followed everything you said. And yeah, I mean, it was just, it was really great, like right out of the gate. And I think that says as much about me and as much about your course too, you know, like how all encompassing it is and how much hand-holding it is, because I think a lot of courses, they don't really hold your hand through it. I was in another program where it was just kind of like, they just threw you in the deep end and you just had to figure it out. Like, I don't even know how to get to my ads manager, you know, when I was in that course, you know, and they didn't cover that. And so I think it's just a testament to you and how you taught the course that so many of us were successful right out of the gate. Yeah, that was really fun to see. It's fun it's, it's hard though, in some ways, because yeah, I have some students who week one, they're making sales or making profits. It's, it's so exciting. But then the group of students where it takes longer, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, they're discouraged. And yeah. so that's hard. I hope though, I try to like encourage them in like, okay, this is the fact that these other students are doing amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's proof that you can do it too. Like, yeah. don't give up. Yeah. And every round I have students where it's literally not till the last week in the middle. Yeah. I found my groove. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. You, you found your groove so fast. Well, and I think too, because you had taken all that time to launch your product to your own warm audience. You had the testimonials, you had a great sales page. And I mean, it's so clear in talking to you, like you're, you're so detail oriented and you're tracking numbers and, and all of that. So I think that you're just, yeah, you, the, the way you approach learning and organization in your business just makes you a star student, I think. (laughs) So, okay. Do you mind sharing like how much how much you spent on ads during your time in the intensive and your return on ad spend? Oh, yes. So during the intensive, I spent around like 3900 on ads and I made over 7 
thousand. So okay. yeah. <laughs> That's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And so how many new customers did that kind of bring into your universe? Um, I think that brought around maybe 100, 200. I'd have to check. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it varies because you have some people who buy the front offer and then they, you know, are like, no thanks to the other two. And so it's like a combination. They could buy the first two, they could buy the first and the third. So yeah. yeah. Now, do you have funnels set up behind the scenes for that person who maybe buys the first offer, but doesn't take you up on the other two? Mm-hmm. To Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's a great thing because once you get that lead in and, you know, they purchase your other offers, but maybe not all of them, then I'm able to, you know, kind of recapture that again through my email sequence, you know, so they still go through where it asks, okay, did they buy the second one? Okay. No. Then they're going to go through this sequence. Did they buy the third one? Nope. They're going to go through this sequence. Okay. I yeah. love that. Yeah. You're so organized. Oh. And again, like, <laughs> I, cannot, I don't even have that set up for mine to where my different offers with the order bumps, if they don't buy the order bump, or let's say I have tiered offers and they buy the lower tier. Mm-hmm. I still, it's still just on my to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> set up the emails that are yeah. like, okay, give them another chance yeah. to, to upgrade essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So when you do that, do you send them to a page that has timers? So it's like another okay, mm-hmm. another chance, but it's still going to be limited time. Yes. So I think I have four emails that go out. And so I, well, I have cart abandonment too. So, you know, I have a two-step. So they enter in their name and email address. And then if they say, if they all of a sudden back out and say, oh, you know what? I don't want to buy anything. I've captured the information already. So then I have my cart abandonment sequence, but yeah, if we go to the other sequence where they are a customer, but they didn't buy the whole product suite, then I have emails set up that way too. And yeah, it does, it does kind of sell them first on it. And then as like my last ditch effort is where I send them to a page with a timer. Um, and it's at a reduced price point too. So like to make it even juicier. Yeah. And I have the conversion tracking correct in there too, with the price, you know, because it's lower than the initial one. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So what percentage of customers who maybe just took the one offer, what percentage are you able to convert into some other offers through email? I think I've gotten a few of them who, when I get notifications on my phone, because I get notified whenever I get a sale where it will, it will come through at like $17, I think then I'll, I'll know it's them, but yeah, I'd have to check actual numbers, but um yeah, quite a few of them do because they think, oh, wow, okay, she's giving me this coupon. And I think I only have it up for, for like 24 hours. Like you have to enroll within, purchase within 24 hours. Otherwise it's gone. If they try to click on it, it'll just redirect back to the main sales page. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, dotting those I's and crossing those T's. I think we don't realize how much of a difference, like all those little things add up. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's, yeah. yeah. Now, how have your ads been going since the intensive ended in early September? They've been going really well, but then in October, they were kind of weird. And I think that was true for everybody. It was just in the hemisphere where it was just weird. And I think it was because the election was coming up and then Black Friday was coming up. And I was seeing really weird stuff with my stats. So I had to pause ads for October. And okay. I picked them back up again in November and then they were much better. I think because okay. then the, the election was over and everything and yeah. yeah, it was much better. Yeah. I know a student who 
she was able to chuck through October, but then like right before the election, things just tanked for her. So mm-hmm. she took a long break. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've had other students who chugged on through, but then Black Friday gets pretty hairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And it all just depends. I think for those of us who sell digital products, I honestly try to stay out of the Black Friday frame, mm-hmm. which I know is not everyone's mindset. Some people are like, they want to do all the sales because they know people are in a buying mindset. I prefer to focus more December 26 onward. Not that, I mean, I'm running ads right now and I try to keep them going as best as I can, but I know for digital stuff, as soon as Christmas is over, everyone is like, all right, new year, new me. What's the new thing I want to mm-hmm. learn? The new thing I want to improve. And for us digital sellers, that's like, that's where we shine, right? Mm-hmm. We're helping people learn new skills or. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's very different than those tangible physical products. And so, yeah. So everyone, well, which, and this is probably going to air way after <laughs> that point it's December 21st right now but I I always try to encourage all the digital sellers like even if you took a break through that you know the crazy kind of holiday mm-hmm. sales season put your get push that gas pedal down as hard yeah. as you can come December 26th and up through January because mm-hmm. yeah, it's an amazing time yeah sure is it's been really fun just, you know, cheering you on and seeing your profits come in through ads. It's just really exciting. And of course, you know, you are all about helping busy moms grow their business just like I am. And so anytime I see someone succeed with ads, I'm just like, yes, that's like time, you know, you didn't have to spend like selling on social media or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. other ways. So yeah. yeah, that's exciting. Okay. I have one more question because as far as, my students go, I don't remember you having like tons of questions, especially as far as like the coaching calls went. Like I have some students who attend every single coaching call. (laughs) They always have questions. Yeah. And to me, I have to say as an instructor, sometimes I want to be like, guys, like you don't have to be on, this is a ton of your time. Like if you don't have a burning question or if it was answered in the group, like Mm -hmm. you don't need to be here. It's okay. Like you can still do well without spending all this time on the calls. So I was curious to kind of hear maybe just a little bit about your, like how you learn best and yeah, how you kind of organized your learning. Yeah, you're right. I didn't really attend a lot of those Q&A ones. And I think maybe just because, like you said, you know, you guys, you can search the group for this or it's been asked before. And so I use my resources that, you know, you gave us. I would search in the group to make sure did someone asked this already, because I'm pretty sure they have, you know, we're all going through the same journey, even though we have different products that we're selling. And I think just for me, I'm a Google person a lot. So if I don't know, I Google it myself. I try to find out the answer myself. But yeah, I think it was just the way you set it up where you covered a lot of everything. If I had a question, I'd go back to your slides, you know, control F, search for the keyword I'm looking for, search the group. Yeah. So I just, I think it's neat to see how people learn differently. And it's like, I, yeah, I always try to encourage my students of like, there's no one right way to like go through this course. As long as you're trying your best in your actually studying the lessons or the slides, then yeah, there's so many different ways to like show up. Like you said, you can just control F and chances are somebody else has asked the question or, well, I guess control F for the slides or yeah, search in the group, 
Whereas, yes, for other students, it's like, I almost wonder sometimes if it's more just a security or a confidence boost of like, I need to be on the coaching call and I need to ask a question, have it answered because it makes them, it's like almost like it's that encouragement that they're making progress and it's like another touch point or something. But yeah, I'm just, it's, it's, it's nice to see that you don't have to spend all of Friday afternoon on a coaching call in order to be very successful. Yeah. I mean, you are like a champ. I don't know if I ever attended any of them, but I know they could get pretty lengthy. And I was like, wow, Beth Ann is just such a champ. She's on there. I hope she has enough water. <laughs> sometimes I did. Sometimes I was yeah, a little hoarse by the end. But yeah. And again, it's one of those things where I'm just, you know, every round, as mm-hmm. all of us do with our products, you get feedback from your customers and you figure yep. out, okay, how can yeah. I better serve them? What extra resources or tools or whatever can I give to them to make this easier? And actually someone did suggest to me on this past survey of like, okay, how about like some sort of main FAQs resource that just takes oh. the things that come up so much and it just yeah. makes it a more streamlined, searchable type of thing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, really, that's a good idea because yeah. I do spend, you know, you spend time on the coaching calls or in the group kind of answering similar questions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the course is great. And I think no matter how much you improve it, you will always have people who, who feel like they need that permission first in order to do something. But what I've realized about Facebook ads is that it is all a test. We have to test it and see, see what the data tells us, see what the market says, if people are receptive to our offering. Yeah. True. I love your mentality. And yeah, I'm just excited for you, Maya. And I know you're just going to continue to keep growing. So thank you so much. Oh, I always forget to tell people I'm going to ask this. I love to ask this wrap-up question that's if you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment to share. Mainly when I'm on these calls and you saw my son pop in before. Yeah. (laughs) Or where I'll be on a call and, you know, he'll be in the bathroom and he'll just be like, mom. (laughs) Yeah. That's. That's the beauty of online business is that, well, it's, it's both a a blessing and it can be hard is the fact that like our kids are around a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's over there now. He's probably waiting for me to be done. Come on. Okay. Thank you again, Maya, for joining me today. This was so wonderful. And can you just remind everyone one more time, (laughs) where's the best place for them to find you online? Well, thank you so much for having me, Beth Ann. I love chatting with you. For the listeners and the readers, yep, you guys can find me on businessmomcollective.com. Great, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Beth Ann.